Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, NFL draft enthusiasts of all ages, I would like to welcome you into something that has been four years in the making. Don't know where this is going to show up, but it's going to be awesome. This is the the Rookie Roundtable, a.k.a. Prospect Talk, a.k.a. the Kamikaze Compadre Scouting Summit, a.k.a. Scouts. And I'm not, uh, we are not arrogant enough to call ourselves Scouts, but we have an acronym. This is the Society for Collegiate Opinions on Underclassmen and Talented Seniors. That was amazing. <laughs> what we have going on here, just to give you guys a, a little a little background, I have uh, we are rolling in five deep this evening. Together, our powers combine to make up thirty six percent of the best fantasy league on the face of the earth. President Trump's space force could not touch this. This is. Kamikaze. Now with me, as I alluded to, we got a uh, we're roll, we're rolling in four other guys here. I'm just gonna go off and name you one by one. You guys can introduce yourselves as far as your your handles and where your uh, where your work is and everything like that. Myself, Cody Kutzer at C Kutzer FF over at the Fantasy Authority and Dynasty Happy Hour. We also have Dwight Peebles. John Michael, J. Mike, check. Ayo. Robbie Jeffries in the house. Here, here. And last but not least, actually, he might be least right now. We got David Berger, the Emmy Award winning. Three times. West Coast living, tennis betting, son of a gun. <laughs> you have you have hit three uh, three things that describe me well at the moment. As my wife comes into the room, I am definitely um, riding my Emmy glory at the moment. I'm I'm riding my tennis bets straight into the poorhouse. Um, no, I've been doing well actually betting tennis, but I'm here to talk football. I I will give my uh, a plug or my tennis obsession or talk about it at some point, but. I'm ready to hop in and talk some rookies. That was a fire intro. Mad kudos to you, Cody. That was spectacular. Man, I, I'm, I'm just I'm just so excited. I have I have I'm looking at a coffee, a water, and a beer. I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen tonight, but <laughs> I, I I'm preparing for for all the uh, all the possibilities. Pretty sure we are set up for an amazing time. We are set up for uh, something that's going to be epic, something that's going to be uh, maybe the beginning of something beautiful. Uh, who, who knows? But like you said, I don't I don't have much in the way of that kind of variety of drinks in front of me, but happy to be here. This is going to be a good time and, and good to be with my compadres. Uh, Robbie, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling great. Uh, first time being on with quite a few of you, so it's great to see everybody here. Well, the, the entire reason why, why we are all here tonight, uh, we, we start a little group chat between all of us. Like I said, we're part of uh, the Kamikaze Dynasty League and uh, start started a little little group chat just going over some, some of these prospects. And then the one day we were like, you know, instead of just typing this out, 
we should we should do a pod and uh and here we are so we're just gonna we're gonna kind of try and go through uh as many guys as we can we're gonna go position by position um let's start off with quarterback j mike i actually want to save yours for last because i feel like he's kind of a guy who's a who's a little all uh all over the place in terms of his projections and rankings dwight who are you bringing to the uh the prospect table all right, guys. I'm going to bring Tua to the table. I absolutely love Tua Tagovailoa. Let's call him Tua. That's what everybody calls him. So, yeah, I'm not at all worried about the injury history, and he's a guy that I'm trying to that I'm going to actively target. I grabbed him in a couple leagues already, and I'm not at all worried about it. I, before he was injured, he was my top quarterback, and I just love the elite college production that he had against you know elite teams. He's done it on the biggest stages. He's had 70% completion percentage over his entire three-year career at Alabama. He just throws a beautiful ball, man. He's just a pure thrower. Um, I just love watching him play. The more tape I cut down, the more I break. I just love watching him. I mean, obviously, it's the injuries are always going to be there, and he's got to learn to avoid hits. That's a big thing he, that they've got to teach him in the NFL, and I hope, you know, they say he might be healthy, but I, I really hope he can sit for a little while, you know, like in Miami behind Fitzpatrick or something like that. So, He's a guy that I just I, I can't get enough of, and I, I I've seen some super flex mocks and stuff where he falls to like the fourth and fifth spot, which is just criminal in my opinion. He's got to be number two. He's so also, I still think you take Burrow because he feels safer. Yeah, where yeah. does he fall, Dwight? Sorry, like four or five, and that that's crazy. Like like yeah, if super flex, you've got to take him second. I think I I, I just don't. Quarterbacks are too valuable, so. Yeah, if he if wasn't injured, five, would you put him, if he wasn't injured, would you put him over Burrow, peeps? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yep, hundred percent. I like that he's done it for three years. That he's done, you know, he's shown it against, you know, I mean, Burrow showed it against elite talent this year, and he was amazing. But Tua's done it for three years, and I, I, I don't know. I just, just he's he's so pure, and just watching him play, it's it's beautiful, man. He's just. Yeah, I can't say enough about him. So, yeah, the injury is always going to be that that cloud hanging over his head, though. You know, like, so can he shake it? If uh, if for some crazy reason he ends up not being the second quarterback drafted, and if he starts to slip a little bit, is there a point where you would be concerned and maybe think that his injury checks were not coming back as clean as they seem? Obviously, that's nothing we're hearing right now. Um, but is there like a right. if he falls outside the top ten, for instance, is there a point where you would start to worry? Yeah, I think if he gets out of the top five, I would start wondering what do these guys know? You know, like if Herbert goes before him or Love or anybody, you know, like goes before him. If he gets out of the top five, I would I would really really start to worry. You know, like everything we hear is clean, 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 clean. You know, so. Yeah, I think if he gets out of the top five, I, I would be a little apprehensive, you know. So those obviously we'll know about that, you know, as the draft gets closer. When it finally gets here, right now, I feel like it's time is moving so slow. Like I feel like the draft is six months away still. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I feel like time is just crawling right now. I want to get to this draft, man. Yeah, I, I just I'm just curious real quick regarding because with Tua, what we've seen. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. You, you you may know this better, but we've seen him operate. Even though it's been Saban, Saban's teams at Alabama, <clears throat> haven't they had multiple offensive coordinators in that time? Didn't they have Loxley and they had 
I, I, don't, I can't remember if he was there Kevin. for Brian Dayball, and I can't remember if he was there for Steve Sarkeesian, but I feel like over his time, he's had multiple coordinators just about each year, um, or even Lane Kiffin. I think in in maybe in like yeah. a span of four or five years, those were the guys who were coordinators. So we've seen Tua be fantastic in different offenses. We can't say the same for Joe Burrow, and I'm not. This is not to slight Joe Burrow. I'm just saying we've seen Tua do it under different places. Obviously, with still fantastic talent. Whereas Burrow, one of the concerns you may have is, hey, he's been able to have one of the greatest fan. I mean, one of the greatest seasons ever for a collegiate quarterback. But it took everything coming together perfectly for that to work out well. So I think I'm with you, Dwight. If Tua didn't get hurt. Two is still my guy, and I and I'm really not upset with anybody who, if they're if you're in a super flex league and you're excited about Tua's prospects, I'm not mad if you go to a first because you you at least recognize the fact that at that point we have information on where he lands, we have information on his his body, and if we know he's not going to be playing this year at all anyway, do we still look at Burrow being ahead of Tua when Tua is going to be healthy? I don't I don't know. So that's going to be a really fun thing to to look at as we move forward in this process. I mean, we talk about just the progression of health. I mean, obviously, it was a really gruesome injury, but he just had his four-month checkup today. Everything's progressing as normal. He plans to have um, his own pro day April 9th. So, I mean, if we haven't been hearing that anything's going off um, the rails in terms of his medicals, I don't think there's any reason, if you follow the timetable, to put him any further down than, um, you know, behind Burrow because of what we previously said. So, um, and I think that you could almost make an argument that once he's back healthy – He's he's in contention in contention for that 101, and so I think with uh, me being a little biased, being a left-hander, he's part of that left-hand fam. Um, he, he's he's definitely when healthy going to be um, right up there with Burrow for me, maybe even above him. All right, who do you like, David? You know, I think you can still got, you got to go Burrow number one. The guy seems locked in. I mean, he's for sixty touchdowns this season at LSU. You know the way he worked in the pocket and the way that he was able to complete throws against the blitz was an absurdly high rate when you drop back and try to defend him by having a bunch of guys lay off. I think when they only rushed three, his completion percentage was 90% or something like that. The guy seems locked in. I do think if Tua was healthy, it would be more of a conversation of a one, a one B situation. So I do give Burrow that slight edge, but I mean, Tua is unbelievable. Let's not forget his junior year. He threw for 43 touchdowns himself with only six touchdowns. He threw for almost 4,000 yards in college. The guy is a baller, is a work of art. We're drafting Tua, and we're not even thinking about it. Right, but who, who would you draft? Who's the guy you really like this year? Well, I have – Who you bring it to the table, son? Oh, oh, moving on to my guy. Sorry. Sorry, picking up what you're doing. My bad. <laughs> That's what I tried to do before. The chemistry is still building here, guys. Chemistry of yeah, Rocky's. Well, we, we gotta get we gotta get this Emmy guy's script. Maybe he can follow dude, that a little bit better. I think you did. I'm a fucking idiot, dude. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna uh, listen. He's not exactly a my guy per se, but I'm gonna bring Justin Herbert to the table. Coming out of Oregon, this guy. What I like about him is he is big. And what I feel like people get obsessed with the last three years is the size of the small guys, right? Two is small. Baker's small. Kyler's small, right? Here's a guy that's 6'6", 236 pounds, a durable frame, 
and he's getting like no buzz. In fact, I feel like the narrative is like building against him. People don't like him. They project him to be bad, right? He ran a four, six, eight at the combine. He's not an electric runner, but has the ability to make plays with his legs as displayed in the Rose bowl during which he took, he got in the end zone three times in the Rose bowl. All right. There's a lot of content out there that can break him down way better than I can. I'll give a shout out to Matt Waldman in his videos on Lamar Jackson from two years ago that really influenced my belief in him coming into this season as a passer. So I was drafting Lamar heavy and often coming into this season based on Matt Waldman's videos. So you want to watch his breakdowns of Herbert. And it's not that I'm in love with Herbert. It's more that the dynasty echo chamber and mass seems to be out on him, just like they were on Josh, just like they were on Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, all of which have appreciated in value since their rookie drafts. Herbert seems poised to go in the top 10 of the NFL. If you're sitting there in the last round of a super flex league, if you're sitting there in the last, I'm sorry, if you're sitting there at the end of the first round in a super flex league, he's an auto pick. Don't be the guy that doesn't take a potential franchise QB because a bunch of dudes on podcasts and Twitter claim he's going to be the next Jake Locker. Never forget that people faded to Sean Watson because of his throw velocity. Okay. We're drafting Justin Herbert in Superflex. That's it. Case closed. One of one of the more compelling arguments I've heard for, for, for Justin Herbert yes. uh, all, all all draft all uh, all draft season here. Um, Dwight, let me ask you real quick as we as we talk through Justin Herbert, can you take me through uh, what you've seen in in your Debbie delights that you've been a uh, been a part of of late? <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a lot of things to like about Herbert's game. You like the size, like David mentioned. Um, he does have a pretty decent arm, but just sometimes you he's been a, a lot of times a one-read quarterback. Even four years through Oregon, he still is a, a one-read quarterback. He's not been forced to go through progressions like a lot of you want to see. Um, he is. I like his mobility. His, he's obviously intelligent to start for four full years. Uh, there's a lot of things to like, but like David said, if if he gets in the right system, I really like him in San Diego. I think that'd be a good fit there. Uh, they have a lot of weapons that I think they could make good of him. I don't know if he's ever going to be that like elite, elite quarterback, but I think he can be one of those middle of the pack guys that, you know, it does decent, you know, 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, you know, a couple picks, seven, eight picks, whatever, you know, like a decent starting quarterback. I don't, I think, we all too often want that ceiling, that Patrick Mahomes, you know, and it's just that's not going to be Herbert, but he could definitely be a viable starting quarterback. And I think I took him recently at like 112 in a super flex box. And I'm like, come on, that, that's silly. Any any quarterback, a starting quarterback, you, you got to take. So I think yeah, that's, that's a great point, Dwight. It's like yeah. not every quarterback is going to be Patrick Mahomes, but guess what? He's going to be on the field throwing touchdowns and that's what we want right we want guys on the field who throw touchdowns especially in a super flex league so don't overthink it right yeah i think i think he just gets knocked a little bit because he doesn't seem to have the ceiling of a burrow or a tua so he's kind of looked at as you know uh, a boring option almost but I mean, if, if he lands in the right spot, I'm going to be all over him, especially if you can get him in that in the back half of the first round of a super flex mock for sure. Right. Maybe a little bit more exciting option. Robbie, can you tell us who, who's your guy, man? I, I kind of like this pick, man. 
Yeah. So who I'm bringing to the table is Jacob Eason out of Washington. Uh, you know, Berg was talking about big guys. He's a six, six guy as well, two thirty one. And if we're, if we're talking about value and super flex drafts, this is a guy that I think when we just said all these things about Herbert, Eason projects a lot of the same things, but I see it a little bit differently because his value is going to be so much lower. Um, he's got a huge arm, just an absolute cannon. He's someone who just throws an amazing deep ball. I remember watching some of the games and he's just pinpointing these play action passes right in stride with some of his, uh, some of his wideouts there. So um, I like that he's able to work under the set under center and in shotgun as well. So I think he's ready for some different type of offensive systems. Um, and he has enough athleticism where he's not going to be a runner by any means, but he has enough mobility to get around um, and, and, you know, avoid uh, the pressure when needed. Um, he does need to improve. And I think the spots that a lot of rookies need to improve working through his progressions faster, his footwork, his pocket awareness. But I think when you talk about his big arm, you talk about um, his, his, his IQ um, and just his ability to, to work in different offense offenses. I just think he's really got a lot to offer for a team. He might not be the guy that starts week one, but I think you know, in a, in a year or halfway through the season, he's going to be a guy that you get maybe even second round, maybe late first. And he's going to be a guy that's starting for you. I think uh, after a year at the latest. Yeah. I think he would benefit from a couple of years as well. Like even one, maybe two kind of like Aaron Rodgers did under, yep. under uh, the dude before him far. There you go. That one like, guy. Yeah. That, that, guy. that scrub. <laughs> yeah. That dude. Um, yeah, you like a lot of the tools that he has. He's yeah, he's, he's got an absolute cannon. But I kind of worry about his mental makeup after not being able to beat out Fromm, not being able to beat out Jake Browning, who is just absolute dog crap. So like, I kind of worry about his mental makeup, and I, I want to see how he does. But I think if he gets a couple years to sit and learn the game, there's a lot to like about his game. So yeah, it, and for, for for me, I, I just find it interesting. And and the way you hit the nail on the head is that I want to like Eason. I, I I think what he could be is really fantastic. When you get beat out by Browning and you get beat out by Fromm, that does not inspire confidence. <laughs> so uh, I think Eason like and like you said, Robbie. Though the main thing is the value is definitely going to be there with Eason in that he's likely not cracking the top three quarterbacks in the class. He's not gonna he's not gonna crack probably top four. Uh, depending upon what happens with Jordan Love. So uh, you'll, you'll definitely be able to get him out of value and in your super flex leagues. I mean, that could be uh, third third round before you even have to worry about trying to get him perhaps. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I can't be mad at that. I'm, I'm also down with where he might go in the actual NFL draft because yeah. if you see him going, you know, maybe not first round, maybe second round, but starting to look in maybe that third round area, I can definitely see him sitting behind a veteran. I mean, we talk about Taysom Hill sitting behind Drew Brees, but get him behind one of these star quarterbacks that can teach him for a year. He can learn that system and, and in the right system. I know we always say the quarterback has to be in the right system, but I mean, I just think he has the stuff you can't teach with the size, the durability, a uh, huge arm. Um, and he has a, a good baseline of stuff that you can teach, but he just needs to improve at some of that. So I just think that he has a very large ceiling. I agree with a lot, a lot of what you guys say where the floor is kind of low as well, but um, I just think he has everything that you can't teach. Right. I think he'd be beautiful in Pittsburgh behind Roethlisberger. Oof. That's a great, that's a great that, spot. That's a, that would be a key, key spot. If he ends up there. Yeah. I, I think I would take him in the second just because of that system and everything. So. Listen, we, so we got we, we got Duck Hodges 
in Pittsburgh. <laughs> we, <laughs> the future oh, is bad. bright, and we my are set. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> All right. Now that we went through 20, 20 minutes of those guys, now we get to go through 20 minutes of J. Mike's guy. <laughs> listen i'm i'm and, and i'm in the same i'm in the same boat uh as as berg as it pertains to talk to me about these guys who everybody's gonna try to shove dirt over who everyone's not gonna be a fan of who everyone's not gonna be excited about in these drafts give me some jalen hurts some things to think about with jalen hurts obviously quarterback out of oklahoma Prior to that, he was pretty darn good still at Alabama before Tua took his job. Now, if if you look at it, obviously the, the passing numbers were astounding in Oklahoma. He was fantastic. Throws for almost 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And obviously a lot can be said for the play caller and schemer that Lincoln Riley is. That's something to take into account, as well as obviously uh, the, the Big 12 defenses are not exactly – uh, no disrespect, Robbie. I'm sorry, but but the Jayhawks were not <laughs> the Jayhawks were not uh, the steel curtain of late. So uh, the, the other thing that I want to keep in mind when it comes to Jalen Hurst is the fact that he's going to add so much with his legs in four seasons. Again, think about this in, at Alabama. He only had 36 attempts uh, in terms of rushing attempts. But for the rest of his collegiate career, he ran for over 3000 yards. 3,000 yards, over 3,000 yards in basically three seasons, 16, 17, and 19 uh, with two different teams. And when you look at, and, and shout out to on Twitter, uh, at MathBomb, he's Kent Lee Platt. Uh, he does the the RAS scores, the relative athletic scores. Mm -hmm. uh, Jalen Hurts grades out as being someone who's explosive, running a 4, 5, 9, 40 yard dash, um, which, which is absolutely fantastic. 20 yard split was 2.65, um, excuse me, what 2.65 seconds. Uh, he scored high there. His his ability athletically is something that will give you fantasy points and will be something that you can actually lean on later on in drafts, not have to spend high capital to get a guy who could blow up huge for you, just like someone like Dak Prescott. I rest my case. Longer broad jump than CD Lamb. Talk about it. He is gonna be he is gonna be a, a badass XFL quarterback. Anyway. <laughs> it's I a joke, but it's not so true. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Either, either way. Yeah, I think if somebody gives him a scheme and gives him a chance and builds a team around him like Baltimore built, yes. I, I hate the comparison to Lamar Jackson because he's not Lamar Jackson. But I like that the Ravens tailored the offense around Lamar. They're gonna, they're, You're not going to be able to throw J, Jalen Hurts into any system and be like, just go. You got to build the team and build the offense around him, and he can succeed. So, yeah, I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, I think for me that would be the only the only knock on Hurts. Honestly, I mean, I think we saw him improve as a pass as a passer when he got to Oklahoma. Um, it's just that he's going to need the Lamar Jackson treatment in terms of having that be built around him and his strengths. I don't know where I'm at with Hurts. He was brutal at Alabama. Absolutely brutal. I didn't. I mean. Watching their games with him at quarterback was not a fun watch, but he was electric at Oklahoma, so it's hard to get a read for me on him. I understand the athletic measurables, and I take those, you know, into context and everything. I do think 
the argument you make, he's going to be a value probably in rookie drafts, especially Superflex rookie drafts. But I doubt I have much Jalen Hurts at this moment in time. I got to be honest. Where do you guys think he goes? Is he going QB4, QB5 in, in our rookie drafts? Who, who, who's going to be the team that says, hey, I want a winner? I want a winner. You know, who, who's going to put a value on the the intangible of winning uh, and producing and playing well in big moments? Um, I think about a place like Oakland, right? Like like the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I could see uh, Gruden wanting to do something with him up there. I, I could see that. Oakland would be a good spot for him. Dwight, um, you're a senior bowl guy, I assume. I, I believe the word out of the senior bowl was not good for Jalen Hurts, though. Yeah, from they didn't say a whole lot about it, but from what I could what I heard and saw he wasn't very impressive. So yeah, I don't have a lot on that, unfortunately. Okay. I, I just kind of what I was hearing was it wasn't good. So yeah, that's yeah, what I heard as well. He's currently going as QB five according to uh the DLF March uh Superflex mock drafts. Uh Burrow at one, Tua at three, Herbert at six. Uh, Jordan Love at 12, Hertz at 23, and then Jacob Eason at 24. Unbelievable. No love um, for Nathan Peterman. This is great. I mean, Nathan Stanley, <laughs> Nate Stanley. Uh, <laughs> or Peterman. Freudian slips. Excuse me. Uh, any any uh, quarterbacks that we have for honorable mention here before we move on to running backs? Nah. Nada. All right. Very good. I mean, what I don't up, even Jordan have Love? One, I see so. you. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Love. All right, who wants to kick us off with running backs? Three seconds to choose, or I choose three. Cody, take the lead, baby. Yes. So I'm going to start this off by saying that reading comprehension is hard. Uh, Robbie put together the uh, the Google Doc for this, and I, I was so excited I skipped over the part where it said someone that you were pounding the table for, and uh, I put down Zach Moss for, for this because I, I thought he would be a, a good discussion point because he seems to be somebody who's kind of all over the place. Like PFF's uh, rookie guide has him as the RB1 currently. Oh. Um, seen him outside the top five. I've seen some love for him as, as a top three guy. So when I when I look at Moss, to, to me, his game is pretty clear. He is a one-cut runner, get downhill. He's physical. Um, he's, he's not a, he's not a liability in the passing game. I don't think he's particularly dynamic in that aspect, but kind of in the way that, um, Leonard Fournette this year, I mean, he had what 60, 65, 70 catches or something crazy like that. Like, I think he would be able to, if you're going to give him the targets, he's going to be able to produce, but I don't see him as a, as a weapon, like somebody like a Deandre Swift. So to me, the, the people that are hating on him coming out that just love that confirmation bias after the, uh, after the combine was his hamstring pull legit. We will, we'll probably never know that, but his four, six, like we've, we've had, we've had running backs hit that before and be successful. And that's not his game anyway. So I wouldn't, even if he was fully healthy, I wouldn't have expected him to come out and hit a, you know, I mean, a, a high four, four, a low four, five. Anyway, I wanted to throw Zach Moss out on here just to get an idea. Where are you guys falling on him? Do you like him? Do you not? 
um, just kind of the, the general range because obviously we're going to get the NFL draft and that's just going to change everything. So all the rankings that we're talking about right now are going to be completely worthless, but I just wanted to bring him to, uh, to the compadre summit and see what you guys think. All right. Any of you guys love him? Curious. No, that's where, that's where I was. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get the, yeah. I don't get the love, and I don't get the hate. Like, I think he's fine for what he is. Exactly. Jay, like you love, love him. I love. The, yeah, I, I love the fact that he makes people pay for trying to tackle him. Like, I really, really love that about him. He's like, I'm not trying to juke you. I'm not trying to make you miss. I'm not trying to do anything super cute. Um, but you're, if you try to hit me square on, you're gonna pay for it. Um, and I've got him in the class. I've got him at RB seven, six. Excuse me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, seven. D- David, you're out there on the West Coast. You've probably seen more of them than we have. You know, like you, I, I didn't stay up till ten o'clock on Saturday nights to watch Zach Moss. So, what do you think of him David? for the game to even begin? Mind you, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, he's a guy that I've just never been in love with, and his combine, you know, kind of solidified my opinion that I'll probably have no Zach Moss. I mean, when you talk about a guy that's running a four six five in the forty, when you have all these other guys, this was a speedy class of running back, and I feel like. I mean, why is someone listening to this podcast right now, right? They want to know who to draft for their rookie draft. And I just feel like there's probably better, more upside options out there at the value in the draft than where Zach Moss is going to go. I wish I had his where his DLF um, current rookie mock is going. But, I mean, I he does seem pretty strong. And I like I, I, I co-sign what J. Mike was saying, that he – you know, is a physical runner, but how much do you really, I mean, how much do you carry that or how much do you feel like that boosts his ability in the, in the NFL? I mean, I think it helps him a little bit, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of out on the Moss. So real quick, he's uh, Moss is going at 15th overall right now in one oh. QB and he oh is my. going at no 19th in, um, in Superflex. No way in hell would I take him there. No. I'm probably not taking him there either, but it, it, it is interesting to think if he finds the right destination to get into yes. a role where he's going to be either short yardage, uh, even in a lot of instances, third down, because he can catch the ball. He's got good hands uh, and uh, any kind of goal line. Like he he could be fantasy viable. Uh, again, I'm not saying take him where, where DLF has him right now in terms of the, the ADP, but but he he's I think he's someone to keep on your radar. Yeah, that's that's my thing with Moss too. Is he seems to be be a favorite amongst like the the NFL media, like the the older kind of like guys they used to have on like scouting departments and that thing. He seems to be a favorite there. So if he gets the draft capital and he ends up being in a in a semi decent situation, like if he goes to we already threw this team out with Herbert, but if he goes to like San Diego and he is the he's the the, the power back. You know what I mean for uh, right. for Eckler, right? That that might not be an awful situation. I just think he could be one of those guys who gets uh, a little bit higher draft capital than what we're what we're kind of thinking. Right. I, yeah, I definitely think that's fair, and I think that 
you know, that's kind of an equalizer that we're not really factoring in. It's it's with the quarterbacks, you know, we we we're getting to that stage in the in the draft talk, right? It's like the quarterbacks they all kind of project to be relatively high. Now is when with the skill guys, draft capital is really coming into into play. And someone like Moss, if he does, like you said, end in that third round on a San Diego, you know, his value is going to spike right up. He, then then that ADP, his current ADP, is very justifiable. All right. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, settle down over there, man. That's that's where I was going to go next because yeah, his, Robbie his guy, yeah, Robbie Robbie's guy. Um, up, maybe. I I I look I look at Robbie's guy as Zach Moss with athleticism. Yeah, no, that's a really good kind of uh, description into it. I, I wrote down for Zach Moss that he reminds me of a larger Marion Barber, the way he trucks over people. And then I watched uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's tape. I think it was right after, maybe one in between. And this guy's a banger. I mean, he's 5'10", 218, so he's not like you're getting up into the 225, 230 Derrick Henry size, but he runs like it. I mean, we talk about making people pay. Jay Mike, this guy makes people pay twice for his size. Um, he just found the end zone so many times at, at uh, Vanderbilt. Um, I, th- I think I saw the status. It's like one out of eight, every 18 touches he was finding the end zone. Um, he can pass block. Uh, he shows enough burst to get to the edge. I think his top end speed maybe isn't NFL, but it's it's enough. And I, I think that's that's just gonna be fine. Like you don't have to be the the burner that's gonna outrun everybody. Um, and he has good hands. He made a really nice uh, grabs. He had a shoestring shoe grab against Georgia that I just really thought was amazing. So I think his hands are there. Um, he just does a lot of things really well, and I think that's what. NFL teams will like. I don't know where he gets drafted, but I think he's going to be a guy that it gets into the mix pretty early, whether it's some kind of timeshare, whether he has a specific role. I mean, this is a guy that if, if I'm on the five or yard line or even closer, I'm, I'm putting him in, even though he's not that typical size for a power goal linebacker. Right. There was a point where I really, really love Vaughn and he just, he looked this year, the whole offense took a huge step back and team defenses were keying on him. And he's still, he's still a guy that I like quite a bit, and I think if he lands in the right situation, he could do some do some damage and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm curious to see where he goes. I thought he would test a little better than he did, but, yeah. Well, I the, have him in a Debbie league, so I need this guy to hit and hit hard. <laughs> Let's go. The, the, only, the only big knock I would have on Keyshawn is uh, he is fucking old. Yeah, that's his thing. That's his thing. He's 22. Birthday's in December. Might even be 23. But <laughs> I love it when we talk like that. It's great. He's 22, <laughs> right? I thought he was going to be like 24. <laughs> I have kids that are older than that. Come on now, guys. <laughs> you know what? If they're trying to go to the league right now, well, I'd call them old, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, uh, he was a uh, an Illinois transfer. And then whenever yeah, he transferred, yeah, they, right. they still had to, to sit out the year. Yep, that's right. I remember Keyshawn that. Vaughn is shaking his cane. <laughs> Keyshawn Wild Thing Vaughn, baby. <laughs> Back in my yeah, day, yeah. we had to sit out a year when we transferred. <laughs> I mean, look, he's a buzzy name from the Debbie circuit, right? Like, he was right. a guy whose name was thrown around if you were doing Debbie drafts over the last couple of years that you were trying to snag. You were trying to get him at a good price. And now, you know, you're hoping that it pays off. He seems to be someone who could – 
have an impact on the league. His measurables, his production, his age isn't great, obviously, but he does seem like someone who projects to land somewhere and be in the mix to get on the field. Yeah, right. Really quick, yes. uh, just kind of going off of what Dwight said earlier about he kind of struggled this year because the offense really changed. Um, he's facing the SEC defenses, and he still had 5.2 yards per carry in an offense that just wasn't really great, and teams are keen on him. I mean, that's just really impressive. I mean, I remember watching his LSU tape when they played LSU, and I was just like, man, he, he's not getting great yardage, but he's still finding a way to, to bang and fight and get four or five yards on runs, and he breaks one every now and then. And I was like, this is – national championship team he's facing. So, yeah, I mean, numbers might not be what you'd see with some of these other Swift, uh, Dobbins, et cetera, Taylor, et cetera. But, um, I mean, he's facing top edge uh, teams and still putting up numbers, I think. Just real quick to put into context how bad this offense was, Keyshawn Vaughn was third in receiving yards on that team with 270. Wow. Yeah. That's Wow. Yeah, it was rough. Do you have any idea how how many yards the leading receiver, Kalijah Lipscomb, had? Just just throw out some guesses. Uh, 650. 569. I'm going to 480. J. Mike, you, uh, you, you want to venture, venture a guess I'm gonna, here? I'm going to say 419. Thought J. Mike was going to play the prices right and just say one. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> one dollar. Uh, 511. Wow. That was their leading receiver? That was their leading receiver. That's gross. Their basketball team's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Jerry Stackhouse. Now, now, Robbie, you, you you made mention of one Keyshawn Vaughn making plays against the national championship. Uh, opponent there, Louisiana State University. And I'd like to stay down in the bayou, if I may, mm. jump line here and get my guy in with a little bit of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire talk. Uh, the <laughs> so, so I'm having a hard time marrying the, the latest of news on one Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I'll try not to belabor these points, but there is a deal. We watched, we, obviously the combine's fresh on our minds. And again, major shout out to Kent Lee Platt. He is fantastic with his uh, scores and the work that he does regarding that. We watched Clyde edwards Delaire underwhelm in a major way at the Combine. Uh, it, it's really not fun to watch a guy be shorter than you thought he was uh, and slower than you thought he was in terms of the athletic testing. He runs a 4.6, which isn't the end of the world. It's not, it's not slow, it's not the- but it's not as fast as you would have hoped that he was. That's all. Uh, and and so, so that kind of makes his speed grade okay, but... Hello, explosion. Elite explosion <laughs> scores 39 and a half inch vertical, um, 10 feet three on the broad jump. Uh, both scores that are absolutely fantastic and put you in elite category uh, it, with that relative athletic score. Now, what we were able to see on film is exactly what uh, his, his athletic testing bore out in that his ability and his lateral agility, uh, lateral agility his explosiveness to be able to cut, to be able to move, to be able to make people look really, really stupid when they try to tackle him is wonderful. It's a beautiful thing to be able to watch. It's a beautiful thing to be able to make uh, watch him be that. Now, he's not someone that you're going to want to leverage in short yardage, which is disturbing at times because we watched him get stood up a lot. I watched him get driven back in some instances, but he is certainly making people miss, and he's doing so while uh, making beautiful, beautiful plays in the passing game. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, one of the things that I found most interesting about his statistics in terms of what he did last season 
you talk about all the guys in LSU eating and eating really well last season. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire was was one of those guys who was the beneficiary of obviously lots of weapons around him. Uh, but his ability in, in terms of his statistics, uh, as it loads ever so slowly here, um, sheesh, I tried to advance there 215 attempts for 1,414 yards, 16 touchdowns, but 55 receptions. That is the goal. That's the key to his success in the NFL is being able to see him do things on third down. Uh, love his ability, and I'm really curious to see where the draft capital lands with him. Yeah, he's probably the best pass catching back in this class. I'm like, and it's just he's just pure. Love watching him. And he kind of just came out of nowhere. Like everybody thought John Emery was going to take the job this year, and then yeah, you got this little Clyde Clyde the Glide baby bouncing in there. And yeah, if he lands lands on the right spot, look out, look out, look out. I do find it interesting, though, that he's obviously a fine player. I'm, I mean, I watched a lot of LSU this year, as we all did. They were, you know, deep in the playoffs, won the national title. He was a pivotal member of that offense. But he's getting like put over the top end guys. Like people have him in the top four. Let's let's not get it twisted, okay? Swift, uh, Dobbins, Taylor. Who am I leaving out here? Uh, Acres. 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 Those are the guys. We're not. We're not drafting. Uh, Alaire. What's his name? Sorry, Clyde. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we're not drafting Clyde the Glide over this, these guys. Facts. Okay, that's just not what we're doing. In fact, what you want to do is let those guys get drafted ahead of you, and then take Clyde the Glide. Okay, that's what you want to do. Because if you're sitting in the 106, past the one, 106 spot, and Clyde the Glide is there, and he has favorable draft capital, you're pouncing. So don't reach in the top five. Take those guys if you're there. If you're past that, and you like the draft capital, you like his landing spot, pounce on it. But 5-7 is very short. I will say that. Berg, it's it's funny you mentioned if you're sitting at the at the 107 because that's exactly where he's going right now in the uh, in the March rookie ADP over at DLF. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Look, those other guys that are above him are studs. Let's not get it twisted. You want to draft those guys, but he is a fun prospect. Pass catching, you know, as the NFL moves forward. Uh, I forget. I wish I had the stat, but. The running backs are catching balls at an absurd rate compared to uh, years past. You know, he's someone that obviously offers value to NFL teams. All right, and D- David, you're taking a guy out of uh, J. Mike's backyard there. So. Yes. Okay. Finally, I get to talk about Michael Truck Warren. This is my guy. I mentioned I had Keyshawn Vaughn in a Debbie draft, uh, or I got him on a Debbie in a I. Got him via Debbie in a league in the past. I actually wanted Warren, but then the dollars didn't really add up. It was an auction draft. Anyway, Vaughn projected over him, so I went Vaughn according to stuff I was reading. But let me get let's just let's just talk about Michael Truck Warren for a hot minute because this is a guy that I wish tested at the combine, but he didn't. 
But here's a guy, he was the 20, but he's a guy that's been underrated his entire career. Okay. This guy was the 2016 Mr. Ohio in football. Ohio, by the way, fantastic football state. He's the fifth leading rusher ever in high school in the state. There's about what? How many? What, 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 would, what would be the top five football states? Ohio, Texas, Texas. Florida, California. And this guy's the, the fifth leading rusher ever. Come on. His nickname is Truck. As I said, he's 5'9", 226 pounds. He's a big back. He's got the NFL body. He's from Cincinnati. The American Athletic Conference might be the most underrated conference in the NCAA. They're about to put, I would guess, five or six teams into the NCAA tournament this season. So they have athletes in this conference. This isn't a guy coming from a small school who doesn't play against good competition. That is not the case. In 2019, his junior year, he rushed for over 1,200 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Not great, but he had 14 TDs, which is good, tossing in 21 receptions for two TDs. His sophomore year, though, a little bit different story. See, this is what you need to know. See, this is where we need to look at the whole picture. His sophomore year, he dumped in 19 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards, for five point yards for five point four yards per carry, a lot better. He also tossed in twenty five receptions and a touchdown there. With his body type, you're obviously there for the downhill speed and power at the goal line. But he has solid lateral ability with some quick feet that makes people miss. Now, this is why I like Michael Warren. He's not an RB one or even probably in the RB two tier. But what he is is a guy who's going to end up on a roster. Who has the skill set? Who has the skill set to get production? If anything happens to that starter, if I had to guess, he's probably going end of third, fourth round right now. Probably even worse, might not even be drafted because of his combine. His pro day will tick him up a little bit because I do project him to run a decent forty. But like my boy Reichel Armstead last year, chances are. He's going to get drafted into a situation where he could get on the field. And if you're t- looking for guys to take a flyer on at the end of your rookie drafts, you could do a lot worse than a guy that's going to go out there and beat people up and get in the end zone. Nice. nice. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, my first film I watched on him, very first carry, I typed the words, looks like a truck. Is that his actual nickname? <laughs> we sing, what were you singing? From Cisco? Are you being serious? It dumps like a truck. What? what? <laughs> yes, that is his real nickname. No, again. I... All right, long. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's a little slow to get going. We'll, we'll be a little fair there. I'm not sure the acceleration is all there, but once he gets his momentum going, uh, yeah, he is that that guy that just delivers the hits, and so he's there. He's on my list uh, a little bit farther down there. Um, but yeah, I think he's got a lot of power behind him. I can see him almost having a career arc like uh, Chris Carson, you know, kind of just hanging back there, you know, hanging I back. Agree. Next thing you know, he's the guy, you know, and he's going to have a couple good years and then probably fade off into the distance. So, but they have a lot. I don't, I don't, not comparing their skill sets, but I'm just saying, like, I could see the same career trajectory type of, or, or even, know. or even type yeah. of guy like you just said, the white who's buried on a depth chart. Right. And then he, he he comes in week eleven 
and helps you win a fantasy championship <laughs> from week 11 <laughs> through 16. Uh, just with some it's an opportunity. It's, it's being the <laughs> same thing. I buy that. What I think um, is like, look, like I said, you're taking uh, dart throws at the end of drafts, right? This is a pretty solid dart throw. All right, just I'll try to blaze through this pretty quick here because he—that's what he does. This my boy's a blazer. Um, tight, tight. He went in the combine as a wide receiver, but he projects more as a—I think more as a running back. Antonio Gibson from Memphis, six foot, two twenty-five. He ran a four-three-nine forty, showing that blazing speed. And I don't know why they didn't use him more in college. Like I kind of have went back through and watched the games, and I just can't figure out every time the guy touched the ball. I mean, he only touched the ball. 71 times and ended up with 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, 38 of those were rushes or 38 receptions and 33 rushing. He also had um, almost 30 yards of kick return. So he had a kick return touchdown, just a guy that does everything. And there's some, there's some tape. I had a cut up that I did recently of him and like he had a game. I can't draw on a blanket who it was where he, had a rushing touchdown, a receiving, and a kick return for a touchdown. The guy just he just does everything. He'll find a way onto the field. And I mean, you can get him third, fourth round of any draft. And you get a team that knows how to use that skill set well. Uh, you could move him all over. Uh, just do uh, kind of, he's obviously much bigger than Eckler, Austin Eckler, but I can see him having that type of role, you know, that can come in and grab a couple carries, can spread out as a wide receiver. So just, I absolutely love him. He's kind of my draft crush. And, I'm trying to get him everywhere I can, so I'm not going to go too far on him. If anybody has anything they want to add, the versatility. Exactly, man. Man, man. He he was fun to watch. Absolutely electric, man. So yeah, I agree. Electric is the word. The guy is um, explosive, and I I I feel like if you're in an auction format, he might present. If he's in it, yeah. If you're in an auction format, he might present the most value because. I feel like a lot of those top end guys are going to eat up a lot of the dollars. But if you're in a traditional snake draft or not, if you're in a traditional rookie draft, you might need to reach up there and grab him before you want to. Cause the hype train is building. A lot of the main draft talkers are starting the, the whistle woo woo on the Antonio Gibson hype train. So it's annoying. It is annoying. His, his price is going up, but he is someone who does project to be pretty, pretty awesome in the I was, NFL. I was surprised at the size six foot and two twenty five is is the way he moves. He moves much like yeah. a much much smaller guy. All right, let's get into the red and butter, baby. The wide receivers. Woo! Who wants to go first on this bad boy? I think it sounds like J Mike wants to go first. I'm just excited for the wide receivers, but since you said, yeah, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> and, and Robbie, <laughs> Robbie and I were laughing. So yeah, he, he uh, the guys that I put into our Google Doc here, uh, he says they're basically the same guy. So he's, if I can only pick one, I would pick Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's my he's my crush. He's been my crush for a while ever since I first put film on. Uh, and uh, we we talked about him a lot. Shout out to my brothers over at the Dynasty Dummies um, when we talked about him. Uh, we all kind of came on and we weren't sure how everyone was going to be on Justin Jefferson. And we got on the actual pod and uh, we all we all loved him. And, and he's my he's my wide receiver, too. And I think that he can w- walk into the slot for any team and and literally be viable from the get go. He shows fantastic hands. Uh, and obviously everyone's going to say, oh, you know, you're you're taking too much into the account with the combine and everything else. And 
uh, again, it wasn't a case where uh, I watched the combine and, and was and was smitten by him. I was smitten by him long before that. Uh, but but his ability in the slot to be able to pluck the ball out of the air, to be a sure hands catcher, to be able to make tough catches with people hanging on his back and be the type of slot player that not only is going to make the tough catches over the middle, but be able to break a play over the defense. I love his ability at all three levels. I like what he's going to be and project to any offense that he goes to. And as long as he can actually be on the field, not get buried behind like a a bunch of just dope receivers on a team. uh, I think that he's someone who can come out and give you something in the vein of a Jarvis Landry type of feel like out the gate in terms of being a sure-handed guy who, if he gets opportunities, he can make the most of those. So I'm a huge Justin Jefferson fan, and I really want to spend most of this time listening to what you all think of him. But I can't – I'd be remiss if I didn't say Denzel Mims on his film. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that they said about him was was old sticky paws, which is what I'm referring to him as forever uh, because he had some absolutely absurd catches uh, in in his uh, in his last season at Baylor, uh, and I'm a huge fan of his as well. Again, this is all prior to the combine. Uh, he's he, he's a guy that I'm I'm caping for in a major way. But yeah, I want to hear your all's thoughts. Cody shaking your head on Mims. What do you got, bud? Ooh, what what don't I got? <laughs> um, it, like like J Mike said, he was a guy that before the combine I loved, and then it's kind of you know. How you're annoyed, Dwight, with all the with all the Gibson talk. I'm kind of getting annoyed with all the all the Mims <laughs> yes. talk now. All of a sudden, he's you know, he, he was looking real, dude. So if you look at February's uh, DLF uh, rookie mock, he was 24, and he literally jumped up an entire round after the uh, after the <laughs> combine. So he's he's going at like 13th overall right now. But yeah, man, with, with him, he he's one of those guys where. You know, someone like a Chase Claypool, for instance, where I don't think the combine necessarily matches up with the tape. Um, I didn't expect the the sub four four from Mims, but you can tell he's a, he's a smooth move smooth mover. Um, has that yak ability. He's electric in space. The one thing I will say is he would have those absurd sideline catches where it's just like you have no idea how he actually yep. caught it, and then he'll be on a slant over the middle. Literally the next play, hit him in the chest, and he'll just drop it. Mm-hmm. But I think he like he there's a lot of room for him to grow. And I think that's sometimes where we can get in trouble as far as you know just being amateur film watchers and not really knowing much about what kind of work these guys are putting in. He has so much to work with. But I think that's what makes him so exciting to me because he does need work on his routes and releases and throughout his route stems and things like that. But man, if he if he can put that together, you can put him out wide. You can put him in the slot. Um, I don't want to I don't want to keep going on about Mims here, but that uh, he would have been my guy to write down here had J Mike not already snagged him. And if I would have known he was going to cheat, I would have put him down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody got anything on Justin Jefferson? Is that yeah, right? I want to hear some Jefferson. Yeah. Robbie, you got anything, bud? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I was just joking with J. Mike, I see these two players as really, really similar. I know that Mims has a little bit of height on Jefferson, but they both make just really big NFL catches. Um, they have big catch races. They're good on the sideline, and obviously Justin Jefferson's uh, primarily in the slot, but they both have a little bit of yak ability. But um, what I just really think is that Justin Jefferson just has a little bit more refinement to his routes. I think he sits down against the zone when he sees an opening. Um, 
sometimes if the ball's thrown behind him, he's able to kind of contort to get back to it. And and I know I said Mims does that as well, but it, I think I'm with Jay Mike. And if I'm picking between the two, I, I like Justin Jefferson just a hair more, just because he just seems a little bit more ready. Um, but with that said, uh, both these both these guys just do a lot of stuff well. And and Mims, you can you can see on the tape that he burns corners just regularly. Again, we're talking some Big Twelve uh, defenses, but he was just getting behind guys left and right. Um, and I just really noticed that as well. So I like both these guys. They're both going to be kind of that next tier of wide receivers. I think behind your uh, Judy, your Lamb, um, for some, including Berg, Ruggs. But I think they're definitely in that next tier of wide receivers, and and you'd you'd love to have them. Yeah, I gotta go Justin over. Uh, I'm sorry, I gotta go Justin Jefferson over Mims myself, and uh, we need to move on. But I'm just gonna give uh, the listeners listen. If you haven't heard the Dynasty Dummies episode with J Mike breaking down Justin Jefferson, you need to finish this podcast, but then go back and listen to that one because those guys do a superb breakdown of him that you're going to walk away from being just as excited about this guy as I am after listening to that. Appreciate you, Bert. I got T Higgins, who is kind of the opposite of, of Mims and Jefferson did not run at the combine um, sat out. And it's, it's got a lot of people a little sore at him. They're a little upset. And I think the, the upset is that they don't have what they wanted to confirm or one way or the other. Um, but when I watch T Higgins, I just see uh, what we saw with the other guys. I mean, we're talking about catch radius is his best trait. He can grab uh, things, the balls from any, any angle. He's coming to the sideline. He's coming low. Uh, he has good extension, long frame. I think he needs to use his arms a little bit more when he fights <clears throat> against the jam, but um, his speeds there it was not confirmed at the 40, but I don't, I don't really care about that. I can see that on tape that he can get behind people. Um, he plays a lot like Alshon Jeffries, what I wrote down. He just makes a lot of catches that you're just like, man, that that's just a, a catch that you don't see everybody make. So, um, I mean, he, he faced some good corners. I, I have him uh, having uh, a good, a good battle against uh, Ohio state corner um, who's probably projected top five in the draft. So he's lanky. He he's kind of what you want on that outside receiver. He's got good IQ and can find the opening in some zones. So he's just a guy that I think is, is going to be pushed down just because he didn't run in the combine. And I think we should uh, not punish him for that. Maybe, maybe one of the best against the sidelines in this class. Uh, you talk about a guy who navigates the sidelines really well, man, really enjoy what T Higgins was able to do. Uh, with, with working with people on his back and, and working the sidelines. He's, man, he, he's quite the player as well. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys where you're not going to see him separate in terms of, like, yards on the field. But, the, mm-hmm. like, you're not you're not getting into his body. There's nothing that he that, – there's nothing that's out of his grasp. He's, right. he's kind of like a – like the way that DeAndre Hopkins is, you're not going to see him with three, four yards of separation, but no matter what ball is coming his way, he's catching. So that like, to me, that's something where you're going to need a quarterback. That's going to be willing to just throw it up and just kind of let him go get it. But like I said, there's J Mike, you alluded to it as, as far as the sideline work. Um, Once he gets going, I think he does have speed. He's not going to have that crazy initial burst off the line or anything like that. But even if there's someone on him, he's a dude who's open no matter what. 
I see him mocked a lot to Buffalo, and that'd be perfect, man. Give that Josh Allen, throw it 60 yards downfield. T will go get it, baby. Yeah, 60 yards downfield and eight feet over his head. Does anyone know? Does anyone know offhand how uh, he matched up against Jeff Okuda in the in that playoff game? Robbie, I think that's what you were talking well. about, right? Yeah, he had some struggles. Uh, he had some struggles against him. I think sometimes he would win on, on passes that he didn't get, but Okuda played really well, and I think that was what helped him along with his combine be a, a early, early, early first-round pick. Um, but he had some good battles, and I think that just shows that if you're going to match up with someone who's going to be a top-five pick in the NFL, um, he I would say definitely lost it, but I think he's uh, right there with him. So. Is it four for thirty-three yards against Akuda? Is that? Yeah, but he was also out yep. out for a while. He had that sideline yep. where he hit his yeah, head off so the sideline and was out for a little while. So, and then they were losing. They were like, "Actually, you know what? I uh, I think you're good." T, go ahead and uh, throw, <laughs> the, throw that helmet on, buddy. Go back. You're good. Yeah. Well, Akuda is like, I mean, elite. So he's going to go in the Nasty. top five. So, I got to show one quick stat here, or, or tell. I guess we can't really see it, but. Um, for Higgins in the first half of Clemson this past year, he had 48 receptions for 994 yards and 11 touchdowns. In the second half, he had 11 receptions for 173 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he was just getting pulled. Uh, the entire Cle- Clemson stars were just getting pulled because they were so far ahead in a lot of their mm. games. So his numbers, as good as they are, could have been just off the charts, Justin Jefferson style. Um, if, Clemson had been in more games, so I think that just goes to show you he didn't even we didn't even see his ceiling. It's a great point. Speaking of teams that were ahead a lot, I'm going to bring someone to the table again, uh, going against reading comprehension. I w- this is someone who uh, I'm sure everyone is sick of hearing about, so you can probably just fast forward five minutes into this if you would if you feel so inclined. But Henry Ruggs. The uh, the either the vein of your existence right now on Twitter or a guy that you can't get enough of. Um, he's someone I, w- I I would love to get your guys' thoughts on. I don't see the number one kind of wide receiver qualities in him. Um, his speed obviously you can't take away, but I think it it, it takes him a little bit to get going. Um, there were a lot of a lot of games, a lot of plays I saw where corners were able to stick with him. If they get physical with him, he has a harder time getting away. But if you scheme him into the open field, good luck. Like you're 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 not catching him once he has a ball in his hand. But because of that, like I, I feel like he needs a little more help. He's not on the on the level of a CD Lamb or a Jerry Judy or anything like that. Just because I think he does need to be schemed more so than just all right put him out put him out there and just let him ball so i'm super curious where you guys fall on mr rugs right you see him comp so much to tyreek and and, and if a team is willing to scheme like that you know like they do for tyreek they get him on those little short slants you know and things like that to get him the ball in the open field you know move the safety over then get him right there so he can get down that seam um yeah there there is i think there is a way he could be a number one receiver he's a better better route runner than i think he gets credit for like you said he doesn't do very well with the physicality but there are a lot of things to like about his game i think 
you see him slipping down a little bit too. He, in, but then there's times where he's taking fourth or fifth too. So like you either love him or you hate him, it seems like. And I hate seeing him comp to John Ross. I hate it because they're so different players. Um, John Ross is better. How dare you? <laughs> I'm checking How out. Effing dare ow, you. Ow, ow, Berg, ow. Berg, you're, tap, you're tapped in. All right. Okay. Here's what I want to say about Henry Ruggs. Okay. First off, I am probably in the hen- in the Henry Ruggs truther camp. But what really probably uh, okay, I am in the Henry Ruggs truther camp. But what really uh, grinds my gears, as uh, they say, about Henry Ruggs is like here's a guy who, I, I mean, he seems like a good football player. I don't understand. How he's like the most controversial wide receiver prospect in this class. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't track. When I watched him in real time at Alabama, the guy was insane to watch. Okay, so maybe if you take a step back and you look macroly, he's like 12 pounds under the fucking weight threshold, or like, you know, he doesn't, he's not over six foot, but he runs a 4 2. And I don't know if you've seen his dunk highlight reel or his high school basketball reel the guy is in the one percent of athleticism okay the elite it's you want to talk about people like are in the money elite this guy's in the athlete elite okay so i would be willing to bet on someone who one went to alabama two is a one percent athlete then bet against him it doesn't make sense to like Oh, my spreadsheet and my model says that he doesn't project that he's the next Marquise Goodwin. Like, come on, man. Like, Goodwin did go to Texas. Okay, I'll I'll at least give you that. But, it, like, uh, it's just, it gets, uh, I don't know. It's just too much. It's too much. There's other guys to debate than Henry Ruggs. He's going to be good in the NFL. Yeah, just a, just a quick finish on this. I know we got to get to the next guy, but I think the main thing with Ruggs is that there's just risk built into him. When you have a, a wide receiver that's that size, um, that's known for his speed, um, has some elusiveness obviously as well, but I wouldn't say that there's anything else that stands out as he wins this way. To me, I think there's just risk because we've seen a lot of the one-hit wonders with the speed. Not saying that he busts out like that. I'm just saying there's innate risk with that size and known as speed guy. So um, I'm not, I have him. I, I, would, I don't, I need to look at my rankings again, but I think I have him at wide receiver six. So I'm not down on him at all, but um, I just think you have to account for that. There is some risk that he could bust. I mean, you have the Tyreek Hill side, you have um, definitely a floor. Um, so there is risk. I think when you're talking about wide receivers that are that size with that speed. I just want to put this out there real quick, too. So, okay, so he measured at, what, 188 or something like that? So this dude could easily add 12 pounds of muscle in the NFL and still run sub 4-4 probably, or at least a 4-4. So I think he'll be fine. Right, right. My guy, this is this is kind of crazy. I, I don't think if there's one wide receiver in this class that could be a, an elite wide receiver – it is C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, and I, I will go absolutely all out for him. I, I want him everywhere I could possibly get him. Like, I like Judy a lot. I like Rager. I like 
you know, Justin Jefferson. I like all these. I like there's a lot of wide receivers in this class that I like, but I think a lot of them are wide receiver ones, you know, or could possibly be a wide receiver one where I see CD as the one guy in this class that could be the wide receiver one. Like I love his upside that much. I know he has a place, you know, you hear about the press coverage in the big 12, you know, stuff like that. But I just, I love his alpha dog mentality, his hands on the sidelines. Uh, He's just got that swagger that I love in wide receivers. I love so much about his game. And I think if he's, if there's one guy in this class that could be the next, like Julio Jones, it's, it's CD lamb. So that that's my argument for CD. Like I, I just absolutely love him. I love that dad, that dog. I want that dog, not wide receivers. So you guys got anything on CD? I don't, I don't know if there has to be a, I don't know if there has to be an argument at all. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's the guy he, his, Specifically, his ability from a run after catch standpoint is something to truly behold. His ability to break plays and, and make the most and be someone who's making tough catches with people again hanging on his back, being able to sit in zone, being able to run away from guys, being able to make people miss, run through tackles. The versatility at which he can be leveraged in a passing game doesn't limit him to any certain style or any type of uh, offense. He's someone that 32 teams can draft, 32 teams can implement him and let him be a weapon for their offense. So, uh, yeah, the, so, so much has been said about C.D. Lamb and how he's wide receiver one. Uh, Jake uh, Jake Anderson on Twitter uh, a while back, he put the key and locked the door and basically threw the key away when it, uh, it was a funny um gif that, that he put up that i'm not giving credit to uh, as well as i should be but it's something where yes he's, he's wide receiver one there's not a lot for me to talk about regarding that uh lamb's lamb's fantastic and again his run after catch is the thing because it's rem- it's reminiscent of if you look at someone like aj brown last year in college his run after catchability was was special and we watched that translate immediately to the league in his few opportunities that he was getting in tennessee um man cd lamb he's so good all right, and I almost picked David's guy. That, that's who I was kind of leaning toward as well. Another guy I really likes. David, you want to take it away with Devin Duvernay, baby? Yeah, my guy is an actual my guy. All right, I'm not just argu- Herbert. Let's go my list so far. Herbert, not a my guy, just uh, someone I think is of value. Turner is a my guy, and so is Duver- his name is, and so is my guy, Devin Duvernay. He's a former five-star recruit, and I think that that matters to me. Dwight, you can speak to this a little bit real quick if you'd like. I feel like being a five-star recruit is just a good like box check on the scouting profile. Am I am I wrong on that? You're right. Okay. You're right. All right. He committed to Baylor before ending up at Texas, where he was a highlight machine last year. In 2019, he had over 106 catches for over 1,300 yards, almost 14 at 1,386 receiving yards, nine touchdowns through the air, and he punched one in on the ground as well. He came on my radar in the LSU. He came on my radar in the LSU game, during which he racked up 12 catches for 154 yards and two TDs against the national champs he's a thick and elite he's a thick and elite fast slot ran a 439 at the combine at 511 200 pounds now this is what i think about devin duvernay in terms of the nfl he could work like that crew he could work 
this is how I project Devin DuVernay if he gets on the right team. Am I saying his name right, by the way? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. DuVernay, yep. Big play. Big play, if he, play DuVernay. If he gets to the right team, he could work. He could be that Cooper Cup role. Use him on screens, quick slants, a little space, and he can take it to the house. He'll be able to find and sit in pockets on the defense to rip off big plays. Seems to have more than proficient ball tracking skills, something you love to see in a guy who's going to be out there flying around with the defense and getting quick throws or throws from a QB on the run or, or throws from a QB on the run. Just seems like a dude who could really find a home on a team that runs a lot of 11 personnel. I don't think I don't think he's a wide receiver one type like a CD Lamb by any means. I think he's outside the top 24 of picks right now from what I've seen on Twitter, but he does profile to me as someone with production upside in the NFL. David Berger, I'm going <laughs> to need you to uh to talk about the fact that he did not, I repeat, did not produce until his senior year I'm, I'm pretty sure his senior year statistics are more than his previous three years combined what do you have to say for yourself sir he's, well, he's putting he's making you put the s in scouts here uh, well i will for, say, for the talented seniors i'm gonna go with the joe burrow argument sometimes guys lock in and they're just better the year they're better that year than the year before takes them a while to get dialed in would you there say there you go Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Robbie. Bring it back. Oh, Pulling it out. Pro moves. And, and what's funny you said about that bird, uh, that LSU versus Texas game was the coming out party for everybody, right? Like that was right. the game where everybody made their mark from, from a standpoint of that game. Yeah, it was, that was fun to watch. I will say for, uh, for DuVernay, when I watched uh, some of his junior, some of, some of the cutoffs he had for his junior year, they put him outside more, and that just didn't seem like a, a spot that was fit for him. And once he moved to the slot, I mean, I don't know what his snap rate was prior to that, but it seemed like he was playing more on the outside his junior year compared to his senior year. And then obviously he tore it up this year. Yeah, I do not think he's a guy – look, if he's a guy that they're going to try to make to be on the outside, I, I would actually fade him. But if he's going to be on the inside – where he can be in screens, you get you know who you know who I would actually love to see him with is my Rams because they run a lot of the stuff that I think he would be great at. Where just give him the ball in space and let him loose. Like I said, if he gets on a team that runs a lot of eleven personnel, that's out there really focusing on an offense that features all three wide receivers in their game and uses them different ways. I, I mean, you could do a lot worse than Devin Duvernay in your fantasy rookie draft. But I think if he gets drafted, if he gets drafted by the Rams, he's going to ask to be traded because of that crappy ass logo. Oof, that's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm choosing to hope it's not true. <laughs> One thing, real quick. One of the interesting things with Duvernay, and I and I'll leave it alone. Uh, I find him interesting as a prospect in that Texas found a way to consistently get him targets, and in contrast, where you'd see a ton of Duvernay in film. Uh, the guy that we just talked about with Ruggs, uh, Ruggs was not someone that I feel like they were scheming to get the ball often or make him a part of the game plan because I, too often I just kind of see him uh, just kind of fade into the film. And I like Ruggs. I think he's a fine player. Um, and I probably need to give him a fair rewatch because those guys that I had lower than like way lower than consensus, I feel like I need to go back and watch them because when him and Judy first hit the scene as I believe either freshman or sophomore, uh, sophomores. I was really excited about both of those guys. I thought they were fun to watch. Um, 
but but Duvernay, someone that you constantly when you're watching Texas, he's a part of the game plan over and over. Eight, nine, ten catch games, uh, pushing 100 yards every week. Uh, the, the production was a lot of fun to be able to watch uh, in his senior season. Any uh, any other wide receivers we want to touch on just real quick? Any any just names you guys want to throw out? Because I, I feel like this is where it gets super exciting for for not only the NFL draft but obviously dynasty uh, drafts as well. Hey, I want to hey, bring Cody. up a sorry. Can I just I want no, to bring up a name real? Can I just real I quick? Wanna, I, about, 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 real quick. Can <laughs> I remix? Zip it. <laughs> I just real quick want to talk about Tress Clay. Or I just real. I just real quick. You can't say his name. You can't talk about him. Talk about <laughs> Chase Claypool because I feel like he's someone that kind of came out of nowhere. And this is like the second year in a row where a dude from Notre Dame like athletically tests through the roof. And I just want to know like what what's to deal with that. <laughs> like why what's why do the they deal? have these like dudes that are just like physical freaks that that like don't have that good of production? They're not on anyone's radar. I mean, just uh, wish his film was better. <laughs> I just I just wish he did more on film. Like right, I I just wish his film matched the athlete that he showed to be at the combine. I'll leave it at that. I just wasn't thrilled about about him as a as as a wide receiver there. What about as a tight end? Hey, that's so eat your heart out, Evan Ingram. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize how much of like a thing that was because whenever I was watching him, I was just like throw fucking ten pounds on this guy and just move him to tight end. And then whenever he came into the combine, actually ten pounds heavier than he than he was at the Senior Bowl, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, there he is, a tight end." It's like, "Oh, this is this is actually a thing that people are talking about." Right, right. And a couple of wide receivers, I think you got to watch out for is Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, you know, he had that that five star pedigree, and then he also had a great combine, but was stuck in a bad situation at Michigan. You got to got to mention J. Mike's boy, Lynn Bowden Jr. as well. He's what up, no? Gotta gotta mention Lynn Bowden, baby. Mountain so Bowden. Guy, another guy I'm looking for. Those are a couple guys I'm targeting late. That you know the upside's amazing for both those guys. And yeah, it's just guys that I really like. I believe Peoples Jones was the top wide receiver recruit in his he high school. Was. Yep. How about that, right? How about that? Yeah. And that was well, a loaded group too. Shea Patterson <laughs> was, was awful. Yep. Well, Shea was terrible. <laughs> Horrible. Terrible. J. Mark, you were going to say something earlier. No, I was just curious of who you all, aside from the top guys, the uh, C.D. Lambs and the Judys, and it was kind of undercutting your question, Cody. Uh, so I apologize, but and I would like to, uh, as we continue to kind of close up shop, I do want to hear obviously other names you all have, but for the names that we did mention, which I feel like are most of the top guys, uh, who do you all see that either approach that top tier of the the C.D. Lamb stratosphere or uh, just guys that you're like, yes, I, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm super excited about their prospects because I think that when we get to this group of wide receivers, uh, again, when we're looking at picks 108 in your, you know, super in your super flex leagues and and back, we're looking at tons of of the all these wide receivers that we like that we haven't even mentioned. Uh, I mean, your your Antonio Gandy Goldens, your Brandon Ayuk, your Michael Pittman's, LaVisca Chanel, Brian Edwards, Tyler Johnson, the list goes on and on. Um, but who are guys that you feel like uh, that you're probably, hey, I, I'm probably, if I have my 202, if I have my 112, I want to make sure that I get this guy because I only get one shot at it. 
Yeah, that, that guy for me, uh, you already mentioned him. That's going to be Brian Edwards. I have no idea what's going to happen with his uh, with his NFL draft stock, and I think that's going to kind of put him in a range where it's going to make more sense. But as of right now, he's somebody who's probably slipping a little further than that. Yeah, actually coming in at 17th overall behind A.J. Dillon and ahead of Tua in one quarterback leagues, according to DLF. Um, but he's somebody in that range where if, you know, say I have like my, the 202 and then nothing else after that, and like it's not a, not an active league, he's probably someone where I'm just going to pick Brian Edwards and, and just be happy and log out. Yeah, I think you can even get him later than that, honestly. I think his stock is kind sure. of the way. Yeah. So I think you'll even be able to trade back, or um, I think he might even fall in the third round, at least late second. But uh, I've already talked about my guy. It's T. Higgins. I think he he – is right in that next echelon below the top guys. And um, that's, that's my guy. Can I say Anthony Miller? (laughs) (laughs) This is a safe space. This is an Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller love zone. Yes. (laughs) I I do like, uh, I do like Michael Pittman, a name that a name you threw out as well. J Mike, just a a big guy. I think ran well, like a four or five, I believe like a four or five, two, maybe Um, just, Kind of, kind of looks like the your prototypical X receiver. He was what six four two twenty three or something. He's a big dude, but he's he's a smooth mover, a kind of guy who can go up and get it. I think he can win in the the intermediate range as well. So he's he's another guy who I'm going to be excited to see where he ends up going uh, NFL draft wise. He'll likely be the first rookie uh, of this group on to be featured on the You Got Mossed campaign that they have there on ESPN I think I think he might be first he might be the first one well he's another late <laughs> senior year breakout guy too uh he had 11 touchdowns last year his top year before that was six which was his junior year over 1200 yards his, his junior year he only had uh 750 yards Pittman though looked good man he looked good this year at USC I was very impressed with him you know his athletic measurables look pretty good he's definitely someone that hey you should be he should be a name on the list yeah cody said it right man he's just smooth very smooth another guy is is brandon Ayuk. some are really high on him the more i watched of him last couple weeks i think he's all right but not not a guy i absolutely love but some scouts some teams are gonna really like him and with some development he could be something bigger but i'm not super high on him but a lot of people are so I think it would be a malpractice if we didn't mention Jalen Rager. Um, we want to talk about bad quarterback play. That is someone who had atrocious quarterback play uh, this year, and I just think he's uh, really got a good skill set and should be up there. Big facts. The, the best part about this is I know the reason why we want to break him up because we're on the same league together. <laughs> I like, All right, well, I knew there was one. We're compadres until Trey, we're Trey has all the money, though, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, Trey. Man. Shout out Trey. Sheesh. <laughs> Just, I know we're close to wrapping it up, but we didn't mention. Is there any running backs you guys are the same as wide receivers, like that are down lower? You guys are looking for. We didn't mention it at the end of the running backs. Then we'll wrap it up. No, not for me. To me, it's it's the top five, and then depending on where. You know, Moss Vaughn. I, I do really like Gibson. I'm going to be super curious. Uh, a name that a, a team that I keep throwing out as far as where I'd like to see uh, 
a running back like that end up, San Francisco would be super interesting. That's a that's a group where the the contracts kind of line up, or they're not really uh, committed to any of those guys. And I think it's going to take somebody like a Shanahan. Like, dude, man, he would just be a lot of fun in that offense. But but for me, it's 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 pretty pretty simple. It's the top five, and then situationally after that, I don't know how you guys feel. R.I.P. Yeah. Alvin Ahmed. <laughs> oh, dude, what the heck <laughs> happened? So that, he would have been a my guy. Broke my heart. <laughs> it, it, just, it doesn't make that. sense. It doesn't in, make in the sense. chat, Robbie was like, "Hey, this is my guy," and I was like, "Bro, I don't see it. <laughs> For, it doesn't make sense." I honestly want to know what happened because he ran. I mean, this, from what is on the internet, he ran a four three at some point at Washington. There's something funky. <laughs> ran Twice. At Seven p.m. Didn't eat breakfast or something. Someone's <laughs> I don't care if it was indoors. Eleven mm. p.m. There's something. His agent yeah, was like, know. "Hey, man, you can't fuck up this forty, or else you're you're really screwed." Mm-hmm. Put put too much pressure on him because it doesn't make sense. He ran a verified four three two on two separate occasions, like years apart. Once was at the uh, at the Nike opening, and then la- literally last spring at the at the Huskies um, at their like collegiate combine. So like that like that time, I was just like, "All right, th- this is gonna be a fun one." Then it was like four six, and I was like, "That that can't be right." And then he ran that twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, I have oh, two guys in the running back. First off, uh, I want to say it seems like the guy that kind of walked away with all the Senior Bowl buzz was Josh Kelly out of UCLA. But I liked uh, Jamichael Hasty out hey. of Baylor. The dude looked like he had some juice, as they say. The and uh, I also I'm sticking in Texas. I'm going to TCU. I love me some Darius Jet Anderson. Good call. Good call. He, you know, profiles to be that pass catching back, but I think he's got three down uh, capability in the right situation. And I, you know, obviously draft capital, all that, but he's a guy who could be a UDFA though. That hey, that actually would be probably the best thing for him because those guys hit better, hit at a better rate than. A lot of like fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. Yeah, he actually lost the Jet nickname when he ran a four six five. So yeah. <laughs> that is true. They straight up took it away. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> credentials yank. You're done. No faster in pads. Faster in pads. I like uh, two deep guys, Darrington Evans and DJ Dallas, are two guys I really like that both have all both have skill sets that could translate to three down roles if they get the right team and the right coaching staff a little bit of development both they're a little bit raw but I, I love evans and dallas quite a bit as well so yeah that's the only names i wanted to chime in real quick and then he's ready to wrap this puppy up let's do it Jay mike with two uh two hour podcasts on back-to-back nights i'm sure your wife's gonna be happy catch i can sleep on real quick <laughs> He's looking over at J. Mike and he's like bending side to side, like grabbing his bit. Like this does not look like a, a too good, uh, a, a good two night run for you, man. Back season up already. You you better better start stretching, hit the showers, get some ice, something, man. Pop pop some Advil, bro. That spring that spring forward does a number on you. It's, no. it's serious business. Spring forward. 
uh, scouts, as I love as I love to say, scouts night, and then open bar. It'll it'll be a fun week. But you know what? I'm built for this. I'm built for this. I did feel that spring forward this morning. I was like, is this this Where? is what it is, huh? This is how this, this, this is, is what it. getting older is, huh? It's like <laughs> I I feel daylight savings time. It's one hour. It's like my world is just completely changed. Right, right. All right, boys. Um, you know, we, we were gonna talk about tight ends and then uh then we realized that no one actually really wants to talk about tight ends, so we just extended that wide receiver talk for an extra forty five minutes. So that's uh you're not gonna get any tight end talk. Maybe in the you know, the the next leap year edition of this podcast we'll we'll talk about only tight ends for an hour and a half, but I think for now that's uh it's gonna wrap it up for for the first edition of whatever we are actually calling this podcast. So um, I already went over my stuff and where you can find me, and then I kind of skipped over you guys. So, uh, Debbie D. Dwight, why don't why don't you leave this off and and t- give us your uh, your Twitter handle and what you're working on? Yeah, just real quick, you can find me on Twitter at FF People's Champ, uh, the co-host of the Dynasty Owners Manual, and writing at DLF. Could doing a lot of prospect stuff right now and video cutups, and that's it. J. Mike. Hey, yo, on Twitter, at jmikecheck, at jmickcheck, doing work for the Dynasty Dummies. Uh, that's been a lot of fun, obviously, keeping it going over there. So check them out, the DFP and Etwork, the only Etwork in town, uh, as well as, obviously, my Tuesday night exploits on the Open Bar podcast, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, YouTube, Periscope. Get at us. Robbie? You will find me at, at NFL Robbie. I write and rank at Dynasty Happy Hour. We are Piling through some rookie rankings and super flex rankings. So come check us out. Last but not least, Birdman. three time anywhere. Emmy winner. <laughs> you can find me at Curl. Yeah. You can find me at, at Curl, Curl Jr. At John- Rosetta Stone. You can find me at Rosetta Stone. No, uh, you can find me. Uh, you can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. Uh, I have a, a show. Scheduled to to drop at some point. It's the No Limit Chronicles on BET. It's the story of Master P. So it should be pretty good. Oh, and, yes. uh, Hold on. yeah, yeah, should be a good one. And then uh, I'm planning on being back for the preseason. Um, so I'll have uh, training camp dialed in where I talk to NFL beat writers about NFL training camps from a fantasy perspective, which will be on the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast feed which you need to be listening to and subscribe to every day every week let's go and then what else i want to say oh yeah if you are interested in wagering on atp i'll be posting some plays (laughs) on my twitter once they get back up and running they canceled indian wells which is a major bummer because that's in california right down the road so We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, go, love go, the go. chat. Love talking to everybody. Let's go. Let's get these rookie drafts. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is a great time. I'm really excited. We finally nailed down a nailed down a date to to get this done. And I hope we uh, hope we get to do this in the future. This is this is a lot of fun, boys. Uh, this is fantastic. Wait, wait till we get landing spots. We're really going to be a mess at that point. Yeah, that, that's that's just the the funny thing about all this the the pre combine rankings and mm-hmm. then the combine has and everyone just takes their papers and throws them in the air. Then they think they know, and then the NFL draft is just going to come and just 
drop kick us all in the face, and it's not going to matter. Hakeem Butler in the fourth. R.I.P. What, once was, again, what, what was the acronym for scouts? Oh, man. Society for Collegiate Opinions on Underclassmen and Talented Seniors. Scouts. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Or the Voltron of scouting. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, it's great. All right, boys. Until next time. Later. Peace. Maybe it's you, Burger. Just because you have a fucking Emmy doesn't mean I'm the one that's breaking up.